Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you so much for taking some time out today to, uh, to listen in to this podcast. We're now in season two, and today we are on episode five. It's amazing how fast everything's going, but uh, today we're going to study how we can weather the storm by studying. And with me is my good friend, Philip Tomlin. Brother Tomlin and I went to the Memphis School of Preaching together, became very close friends, and uh, we've kept that connection going uh, even after school. Uh, but I'm thankful to have him with me today, and I'm going to turn things over to him and let him introduce himself. All right. So like Drew said, my name is Philip Tomlin, uh, and I finished the Memphis School of Preaching with Drew in 2018. I'm originally from a small town in Alabama, a town called Kennedy, and so I grew up there and then went to Memphis, and then I moved out here to Roscoe, Texas, which is a town in, in West Texas, about 50 miles west of Abilene. And so I'm working with the church here in Roscoe, Texas, where I've been since June of 2018. And, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I, I'm, I'm married to my wife, April, and she's across the hall as the church secretary <laughs> here at Roscoe, which is a good thing. And so we appreciate Drew and, and Brittany and their friendship and look forward to being a part of this today. Man, I really appreciate it once again, and uh, like I said, looking forward to this study on the topic of studying. Uh, so as we kick this off for our listeners today, I want to begin by just trying to maybe define the word study. So, Philip, how would you uh, define the word study? Textbook definition here, you know, from just a regular dictionary, says the devotion of time and attention to acquiring knowledge on an academic subject, especially by means of books. And then the alternative definition there is a detailed investigation and analysis of a subject or situation. And so that's, uh, I don't think I can beat that. You know, that's a, that's a good, <laughs> that's pretty definition. good. And that's what we're looking for. That there's, yeah. there, you could break that down. The devotion of time. There's the, uh, the first thing that it takes and attention. And then yeah. the purpose is to acquire knowledge. And I might add to that, acquiring knowledge or acquiring understanding. Mm. You know, sometimes it's not just the acquisition of knowledge that you're looking for, but also trying to, to gain some understanding, especially when you're talking about uh, subject matter as important and as, as deep as scripture. Absolutely. So that's what we're looking to do, acquire knowledge and acquire wisdom and understanding through a detailed investigation and analysis of a subject or situation. There you go. That's, that's a perfect way to define that. Uh, like you said, it's hard to, hard to beat that when you can say it's just putting forth time and effort to learn something. Um, Merriam-Webster said it's careful or extended consideration, and that kind of carries the same idea as well. Also added on that, to be eager or to have an intense desire. And I think you, you hit something important there is when it comes to the study of the Word of God, that's a different kind of, of level of study. Uh, we're not just trying to ascertain you know, a few facts. This is what characterizes our life. This is uh, something very important. And you think about uh, studying and having an intense desire. We think about uh, maybe Psalm 42, uh, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. That's an intense desire. Uh, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, Matthew 5, 6. But also, as we think about what it means to study, and you hit on this, it requires hard work. It requires a lot of focus. I love what Solomon said, Ecclesiastes twelve twelve. much study is wearisome to the flesh. Uh, and you and I can attest to that being at Memphis. Those two years were tough. Uh, but I sure am thankful that we learned how to study there and learn the value of it. I've, I've done a lot of different kinds of work in my life. I, anything from uh, building cabinets at a cabinet shop. And I worked for an oil company. I worked for a, a tile manufacturing company. And a lot of times – there was hard work involved, you know, long, long night shift, yeah. hard labor in the heat. And of course that's, but, but I've told other people before, you know, studying and, and preaching is the hardest work that I've ever done. Not necessarily physically, but also at the same time, it does wear you out physically. Yeah. So Solomon that much, much study is a weariness to the flesh. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I've got a quote here that's, that's on my desktop and, 
uh, it's right there so that I have to look at it. It's from Guyan Woods, and he said this, one learns to preach by preaching. There is no other way. But then he said, it is not the number of degrees of which a man may boast that makes his preaching dynamic, but the long, weary hours he spends in his study, hours of toil when the mind grows weary and the head aches, but a study from which he emerges with the clear light of truth. There's, there is no alternative to study. Wow. You know, and that's, that's so important. <laughs> if you think about this, the subject matter that we're talking about, which it's, it's true for anything that you might want to learn about. A lot of study is required. Think about the Bible and think about, you know, no other book has even come close to being studied as much as the Bible. Mm -hmm. the, the world's best minds for the past 2,000 years have, you know, we've been diving into this and, and giving it everything we've got. And, you know, you can look and, and see books on our shelves from, from people from all different kinds of life. And, and we've all studied this and we can study their efforts and stand on their shoulders and learn more. And then even after all of that, we still haven't gotten to the bottom of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's so deep that you're never going to master it. And so that's a, that's a unique thing about the Bible. Yeah, it is. And, and that's, and that's really what we're trying to get at today is, you know, what it means to study, but more specifically what it means to really dive in and study the Bible. And like you said, something that's so deep that you can never fully attain it. And, and that ought to be exciting. I mean, I know you get excited like I do to, to maybe dive into the text and study something, learn something new. So, that kind of helps us transition to our second point as we begin is what are some practical tips that maybe we can give our listeners as to how they can improve their study habits? Maybe something that's helped you over the past few years. You know, I've discovered that, that people are different. You know, everybody's a little different when it comes to this. Or we were, you know, kind of taught at Memphis a, a standard procedure of studying and, and mm -hmm. you know, no music, nice and quiet and, and, and that does work for me. But I remember our, one of our teachers, Don Walker, he would be listening <laughs> to, you know, the Grateful Dead or something in the background while he studied. Yeah. So everybody's different. And so just because these tips work for me doesn't necessarily mean that they'll work for you. But I do think there are a few things that, you know, a nice, quiet place where distractions are unlikely. Now, if you want to have some background noise or, or whatever, that's that's your choice. But you need a place where there aren't distractions. You know, there's, there's, especially today, you know, the thing that I've got is, is silence your phone and put it in a drawer because yeah. our phone is probably the number one cause of distractions. Mm -hmm. and, and it's always ringing. And if you're a preacher, people are calling you, yeah. but, but you've got to, you've got to set this time aside if you want to really dig into something, because once the phone rings, you got to restart that train of thought. Yeah, and it can take you a lot of time to get back. Even if it's a few seconds, it might take you 20 minutes to get back to where you were. Right. Uh, but you hit on something there I think is exactly right. It's, it's having that time and place set aside. And I would add to that, be consistent with that. Be consistent with your time. Be consistent with your place. Now, of course, it doesn't always work out that you have this block of time to study. Uh, you know, for me with, with four children now, it uh, makes it tough sometimes at night. Before, you know, before that, I would like to study in the evening, right before I went to sleep, study, pray, go to sleep. That was kind of my routine. But now I find that if I can get to the office early, the first thing I want to do is, is go ahead and pray and read. And so uh, you're exactly right. Have the time and place and be consistent with it. Whether it's early morning, whether it's late night, whatever, I find that. Same way, Drew, uh, yeah. as far as in the morning. So we don't have children yet, and so I've got a lot less distractions in, in that <laughs> regard. But yeah. you know, the, next thing, the next thing on my list is is be rested and, and awake and alert. Mm. And, yeah. and I found that the, the best time for me is early in the morning mm -hmm. before my mind kind of gets cluttered with the, with the cares of the day. And, and there's just something about the morning. Yeah, and, and and everything before everything gets going and, and that quiet time and that's a great way to start your day. It kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. Yeah, and no doubt it does. And you mentioned that, and you can look all throughout Scripture. Some of the greatest leaders in the Bible, you know, Joshua, Abraham, even Jesus, spoke about him rising early in the morning. So, uh, great, great thoughts there. 
And I would say this uh, before we move on to our third point is uh, pray before and after you study. Uh, You know, we might pray before, and that's great, but I would say pray before and after. Maybe pray for focus uh, as you begin, but then I like to pray after and help in applying these things to my life. It's not enough, as we opened up with, to just acquire these facts, but to be able to apply them to your life. That's what studying is all about. Pray for wisdom. You know, always uh, yeah. the difference between knowledge and wisdom is, is often just application. You know, yeah, you can, right. you can have the Bible memorized and, and still not internalize that stuff and, and still not make it real for you. Yeah. So wisdom is, is, is important. The last thing that I have here on, on practical tips, I have said, read widely, you know, read lots of books from people that, that, don't necessarily think like you do. You're going to read books from people who are, are quite wrong about some things, but still have something to offer in other regard. And so I said, read widely and without prejudice, mm. but never forget the standard. You know, mm. I I'll always try to spend time in scripture, both before and after reading what a scholar has to say. Mm. And so we, we can use these sources and, and some of them are good. Some of them are quite reliable. But understand that that's not your source. They might right. help you, but whatever we read that someone else wrote, we need to standard. And Absolutely. if it doesn't, if it doesn't fit in with what the scripture teaches, then then we need to understand that that there's something a little bit off. And the more we study, the more error begins to stick out. You know, when we read <laughs> something does. after going to Memphis, you read something and you immediately say, "Wait a second. I don't know why that's false, but I know it is. Yeah. And then yeah. you can go to scripture and figure out why. So that's read right. a lot, but but don't don't forget what the authority is. Absolutely. That's a that's some great advice. And I, hopefully all these things we've shared will be some uh, a number of practical tips uh, that can help our listeners. Uh that it's triggered a thought, first John four one and following. Test the spirits whether they're of God. And you gotta have a standard to test it. And you're exactly right. That is the word. So We've, we've started off this episode uh, defining what it means to study, also giving our listeners some practical tips. Uh, but now I want to ask you this question. How would you say, pertinent to our, our topic, how would you say that studying has helped you get through some storms that you faced in life? You know, I thought a lot about this, Drew, and, and, and we've all got uh, personal situations that we've gone through, and, and, and our personal situations differ, I think, between our occupation and our life experiences. And, and I, I, I tried to think of a situation that would be familiar to all of us. And, and I've, this one, I don't, I don't know if you could really qualify it as a, a particular storm, but uh, the storm that I'm going to think about is, is just that, that everyday weariness. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to say boredom, but that's what it is sometimes you, you know, the, the everyday, day-to-day, monotonous, tedious drudgery. And and life becomes that at yeah, times. it does. You know, I preached a sermon Sunday about patience. And, and one of the comments that I made, it was directed toward our high school graduates. We were honoring them this Sunday. And I said, your life is not going to be defined by a few spectacular flashes of glory. You know, when we're kids, maybe we think that way, that, that there are going to be a few things that happen and those are going to, going to change and shift my life. But it's not those few exceptional moments. It's those tiny everyday decisions that you make, you know, every single day making the same right decision. And then I think about how weird, and that's the perfect word, how weird these <laughs> last six months have been. Yeah. And, and everybody I assume everybody has had their life changed in ways that they didn't like and that they weren't planning on. And so when, when we feel like we're, we're losing that control, it can become discouraging. Anxiety there, you get discouraged or depressed. And, and the one thing that I've had that has anchored me during a time like this especially is, is that study. You know, you, no matter what's happening, you can still put things on hold long enough to, to dig into the book and, and to study. It's, it's, and here's the, uh, the point I'm making. It's easy to start feeling sorry for ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. And it's easy for us as preachers to, to think, well, you know, I'm not doing a very good job. And, and nobody appreciates me. They take me for granted. Uh, I, I'm, I'm preaching every Sunday and nobody's listening. I don't see any changes in the audience. And, you know, and, and woe is me, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you ever start feeling sorry for yourself, open up to the prophets and, and, and read what those guys did. You know, they committed their lives completely to delivering God's message and unappreciated would be, uh, that's doing them a disservice. They were hated. Oh yeah. You know, people hated these. And these are their own brothers and sisters, the ones that, that they are putting their lives on hold to try to help. And nobody, literally nobody listened to them. And God's word is full of examples like that all the way back to Noah. You know, mm-hmm. the old joke yeah. is Noah preached for a hundred and never had a conversion. That's true. Yeah, that's right. You, you keep going forward. And, and I think about all these prophets. I think about Jeremiah, especially. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. What, what a miserable existence that was. But yeah. if, if Jeremiah could do it and suffer what he suffered, then, then a few minor inconveniences for me uh, should be something that I'm willingly ready to accept. And then, of course, the best example of, of someone who was unappreciated uh, is Jesus. Yeah. And, right. and think about what he endured and what he was willing to endure for other people. And so when I read those, when I do those character studies, yeah. and when I see these people who, who have gone before us, those people whose shoulders we're standing on and, and what they were willing to do, it, it really puts things in perspective for me. That's and right. it helps me, you know, Philip, you don't have it that bad, man. Your, yeah. your life is, is, is really pretty good and pretty easy. And maybe you're not doing as bad of a job as you feel like you are. Mm-hmm. You know, the truth does not always win people over. It's true. You know, those, those prophets poured their hearts out and, and conveyed God's message exactly. And the majority of the people rejected it. Yeah, and that's yeah. always been the case when it comes to the truth. People, you know, the, the gate is wide and, and full of people headed toward destruction. And then the narrow path is, is uh, pretty empty. Yeah. And so that's, that's the, I don't know if that's a great example of a storm, but I think all of us feel that discouragement sometimes and, and comparing ourselves. I don't want to say comparing ourselves, but when we see that others have gone before us and have been able to handle it, that should encourage us a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, it's real people, real problems. And like you said, you, you dive in, you put yourselves uh, in their shoes for a moment. Uh, and those are, yeah, those are great examples. And I think our listeners uh, can relate to that as well because we all go through, as you mentioned, different kind of storms. And it may be that the monotony of each day or the, the drudgery, like you said, and, and, you know, we're going on six months now with this pandemic. And, you know, it's getting old for everybody, for sure. Um, and so, like you said, diving in and studying just to remember, uh, it helps our perspective. So that's a, some great examples that you shared. I, I want to share very quickly uh, with our listeners, the one that's helped me is, is Romans 8.1. Uh, at times in, in my Christian life, I've been a Christian for 10 years now, and at times I've struggled with assurance. I've struggled with, have I really done what the Lord has asked me to do? You know, am I really where I need to be. And of course I'm not where I need to be, but as far as my salvation is concerned, I know that I've done what the Bible's taught me to do. I know I've obeyed the gospel. I know I have, uh, you know, surrendered my life to the Lord. And I strive to, to be more like him every day, but I, I still have struggles sometimes. So diving into Romans 8, 1 really helped me. And Paul says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And so two things that jumped out to me, was the location, being in Christ, and the lifestyle. And if you're in the right location and your lifestyle is proper, then you can have assurance. And so by really diving into that and saying, okay, am I in Christ? Yes, I am. I've done what the Bible's asked me to do. I've done what you know the Lord has asked me to do through his word. Am I living in such a way where I'm striving to walk in the light? First uh, John 1, 7 through 9. If I can answer yes to both of those, then I can have the assurance knowing that I can live my life now, as Paul said, with no condemnation. And so to our listeners, you may be struggling with something like Brother Tomlin just mentioned. It may be that it's just the day-to-day grind uh, that, that's, that's getting you down, or it may be that you struggle with assurance. But whatever storm you're facing, studying can definitely help you uh, to weather that storm. We hope we've helped you 
uh, to see that so far. In Romans 8, Drew, you mentioned that the last part of Romans 8 is one of my favorite passages, beginning with verse 31. It's, yeah. And I think we were told a sermon there at Memphis, and I preached it, you know, questions that the devil doesn't want you to ask. Yeah. And, and those last few questions, you know, what shall we say? If God's for us, who can be against us? You know, who will bring a charge against God's elect? God's the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? You know, those are questions that, that Satan doesn't want you asking because the answer to each one of them is nobody. You know, who, who's, if, if God doesn't condemn us, who's left that can? Nobody. And, and because of Christ, we can have that confidence that you're talking about. Absolutely. And you're right. That whole chapter <laughs> would, would do us well to read uh, in the midst of all that's going on in our world. So I appreciate your thoughts. It's been I've really enjoyed it so far. Looking forward to this last half of this episode as we uh, dive into the scriptures and we try to put into practice some of the things we talked about. And we want to discuss four main passages that emphasize the importance of studying. We have two from the New Testament and two from the Old Testament. And so, Philip, I'd like for you, if you will, to read for us our first one uh, from 2 Timothy 2.15. All right. I'm going to read it from the uh, NASB. Okay. Uh, I think we'll do a good job there. So it's be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Mm, that is good. And I, I've got the New King James here that, that's very similar. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. And then you said, you know, handling a right, yeah, the ASV there, but uh, rightly dividing the word of truth carries that out too. So. Very, very good uh, picking up on that with different translations. The ESV actually says, uh, do your best. It's yep. pretty simple, but that's, that's, that's the idea. Uh, so, the, you know, the King James says study. Uh, so pertinent to our, to our topic today, study to show yourself approved. And so when you look at this passage, what comes to your mind as, as far as how studying can help us weather the storm? Uh, the thing that, that always comes, jumps out to me about this and, and what I have written down here is, is diligence to handle accurately. Yeah. You know, we, we need to be diligent to uh, always think about, you know, every time the new year rolls around, people make that commitment. Oh, I'm going to read my Bible all the way through this year. And that's great. Studying starts with reading, but if you're not careful, you can read it and then forget it, you know? And so what I always tell, always remember that, the Bible can be handled incorrectly. That's right. You know, there, there's a misconception that you and I can have two different interpretations of the same scripture, yet both of us can be equally correct in our interpretation. <laughs> well, that's not true. That's yeah. not true for any work of literature anywhere. And it's certainly not true of the Bible. We need to try to ascertain what the speaker, who is the Holy Spirit, ultimately what is that original message that they're trying to convey and, and make sure that we understand that. So that's, that's handling accurately. You know, your, your heroes might have it wrong. That's right. You know, your parents, your preacher, your favorite author, these people might be sincere and, and they might, you know, think that they have it right and have it wrong. And yeah. so when we want to handle the Bible accurately, I say go into the study with, with no agenda, with no preconceived notions, and, and just let the, the text speak to you. You know, yep. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, said a whole bunch of times, well, you have heard that it has been said, and then he would say something that the, the day's scholars had said. Mm -hmm. and so these were the, the religious experts, and they had it wrong, very, very wrong. And so let the text speak for itself. Remember, this is, this is God speaking to us. Yeah. You know, you hear a lot of people who start religions and say, well, you know, God spoke to me. And, well, this is really God speaking to us. This yeah, is right. everything that he wants us to know he's communicated in this book. And it's up to us to, to handle it accurately. And, and my pet peeve that somebody tells me when I'm having a religious discussion, they'll say, well, that's just your interpretation. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, is it right <laughs> or wrong, though? I yeah, mean, yeah, right. it's like the interpretation, but... But if, if you and I see this same scripture differently, at least one of us is wrong, right? Yeah, that's right. That's there right. is a correct interpretation for, for every passage. 
And, mm-hmm. and so it's our responsibility to have diligence to handle it accurately. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's emphasizing the importance of it. And, and, and like you said, I think that can help us weather the storm of maybe some religious confusion that's going on is, is you put the time and effort into studying it. Don't allow anybody else uh, to come between that. You say, I'm going to let the Bible speak and what it says, that's what I'm going to go with. And so you, you mentioned earlier, you know, the Bible being the standard that's, and that comes into play here as well. Uh, and I would add to that study to be approved, not to be ashamed. Yeah. Study to be approved, not to be ashamed. And second Corinthians five, nine is one of my favorite passages. Paul said, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent to be well-pleasing to him. That That's our goal. Our goal is to glorify God. And we can do that through our study. Uh, you know, it, for him to say, you be diligent to present yourself, present your life approved to God. That's, that's what it's all about. We want to be right in the sight of God. We want to make sure that we're working properly. And like you said, to, to rightly divide the word of truth. So study to be approved, not to be ashamed. So some great thoughts there from you, brother. And um, much more could be said about this. But yeah. if you don't have anything else, we're going to move on to our next passage, uh, which is Acts seventeen eleven. And I would say if we were to rank maybe the passages regarding study, number one would be 2 Timothy 2.15 and Acts 17.11 be number two. Uh, yes. It's a very well-known passage, one that you know I, I like to quote often. But there we find that these, this is New King James, Acts 17.11, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Uh, the, the word fair-minded there, the King James says the word uh, noble, which means they have, have high or elevated character. And so these were elevated, if you will, in their character. And then, and then Paul says, here's why, or, you know, Luke writes, here's why. They receive the word with all readiness, and they search the scriptures daily. So what thoughts come to your mind here from Acts 17, 11? Those, those Bereans were interested in truth. Yeah. They, they, weren't, they weren't just saying, okay, I want to hear a good talk and, and, you know, feel good about myself. They were concerned with truth. Right. So the New American Standard Version says they received the word with great eagerness. Mm. Eagerness. And so the, the thought that I had here was following this example, we need to examine the scripture with great eagerness. Yeah. And, and if you look up the word eagerness, look, here's some synonyms for that word. And that's enthusiasm, excitement zeal, you know, just ready to dig in. And, you know, if you approach study with, with well, you know, I got to put my time in today, you know, here, I sure don't want to do this right now, but I, I've got to study. That's what the Bible says to do. Well, that's, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a whole lot out of it. No. But if you look at it, if you examine it and, you know, you think about going to a doctor and having him examine, he's looking carefully at you to figure out your, your, the state of your health. And so yeah. if we're examining a text, we're looking carefully at it, and we want to learn everything that we can about it. So examine with great eagerness. You know, we mentioned earlier how deep the Bible is and, yeah. and how you can study the same passage a thousand times, and every time you can get a little bit more out of it. Mm-hmm. And so I found that that's, that's a good way to, to examine with eagerness is every time I begin a new study, I do it with the goal of learning something new. Yeah. To, I want to make a connection that, that I haven't made before. I want to I find an analogy that will help others see a connection that they haven't thought about before. Uh, and, and I want to understand the text clearly enough so that I can make it clear to others. For sure. You know, some, some passages are, are pretty simple and straightforward. Some are a little bit... Uh, it require a little bit more examination. Right. And, and sometimes the ones that require that extra examination are the most rewarding once we do kind of mine that gold out of it. And, sure. and so the text is full of truth. That's all it is, is truth. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's so comforting to have that, that standard. You know, how hard is it right now to find reliable information about the coronavirus? <laughs> right. I don't, know, I don't know what source I would turn to you know, the CDC has shown themselves to be questionable. The, right. the World Health Organization, the, the FDA, all of these things that we think about as standards, they've mm-hmm. let us down. 
you know, people have politicized it and, and, and you know, kind of twisted the, the facts around to promote their agenda. The Bible doesn't do that. That's true. The Bible is just straight truth. Yeah. And so there's your source and there's something that you can count on. And so examine that, that enthusiasm, that excitement and, and dig in and don't be afraid of what you might find. Mm. You know, don't, don't, if you have that agenda, you know, we can start a sermon and, and, and I've been guilty of this. Say, okay. I want to preach a sermon about this topic. And so I'll make a statement and then I'll look for Bible verses to support that statement. Mm. We really ought to do it the other way around. Yeah, you know, take right. the text and see what the text says and then really dig into it and, and pull out all the good from it. And so from this passage, you know, we need to be like those Bereans, examine with great eagerness. Yeah, that's great. And that's, and I, I like that you mentioned that, and I appreciate that you mentioned it. In today's world, all this confusion, we can label that as a storm. And, and not knowing where to turn, well, you can always turn to the Bible. And like you said, it's, it is truth. It's the absolute standard of truth. We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> we can go to it, and that, that brings uh, a calm assurance that I think we all uh, all need. Uh, there, there are two words that come out when I look at Acts 17.11, preparation and investigation. Hmm. They're preparation. And, and these two words are included in study. They received the word with all readiness of mind. They prepared their mind. They prepared their heart. But then there's the investigation. They searched the scriptures they did so daily to find out whether these things were so. They didn't want to take Paul's word for it. That's always been interesting to me. Uh, you know, if I'm listening to an apostle <laughs> who's inspired, I'd be like, okay. But no, they, they wanted to search it for themselves. And I, how much more should we search the scriptures today? We don't have any inspired apostles around. We have the word, and that's what we need to go to. So preparation and investigation. If you can apply those two things properly, then you'll be able to study the Word of God the way that He's designed us uh, to do it. And so, as Philip mentioned, approach the Word of God with enthusiasm and be excited about the fact that I'm going to learn something new today and I can apply it to my life, and this will definitely help me. So uh, both of those passages, 2 Timothy 2.15, Acts 17.11, both can help us you know, to weather the storm by escaping the struggles and storms of this life and elevate our thinking by diving deep into the Word of God. And so both of those passages, as we mentioned, we, we might rank them number one or number two as far as study. But now we want to we wanna go back to the Old Testament, and we want to look at, in, in my opinion, the greatest chapter on the Word of God that we have in the Bible. I think Psalm 119 is, is, a, is you know, every eight verses you have that, that starting over, if you will, and it always emphasizes the psalmist's love for the Word of God. And that's what we want to look at. We want to look at two sections here. We're going to look at Psalm 119, 9 through 16, and then Psalm 119, 97 through 105. So, Philip, what I'd like to do is, uh, if you will, read for us 9 through 16. And as soon as you finish that, I'm going to pick up and read 97 through 105. And then we're going to break them down separately. I'm going to read this from the King James because uh, yeah. it just sounds good, man. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Picking up with verse 97. <clears throat> oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I think reading those two sections back to back, 
really help us to, to get a big picture view, if you will, of how the psalmist felt about the Word of God and how he would, would dive into it and how it helped him to weather the storm. So that first section, verses 9 through 16, what jumps out to you? You know, we mentioned the difference between just reading and, and really consuming a passage. And so the, the phrase that I wrote down here is, is internalize the Word in order to form your character. Mm. Internalize it. Let it become part of you. Digest it. You know, and, and the word, it's, I, the, that word have I hid in my heart. That word in the Hebrew means to, to treasure or, or to shelter it. So it's as mm-hmm. if you have this, this valuable artifact. And, you know, a lot of us have safes at home or, or something that we, we lock up our important paperwork and, and family heirlooms. And that's what he's saying to do with God's word. except hide it inside of you so that, that it's not easily lost and 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 it takes that takes some work you know don't just learn facts but consume principles and so let god's word change you let it become part of you let it let it define who you are you know books books have a huge impact on the reader you know even books that aren't spiritual in nature every book that you read changes us just a little bit you know, you, you learn something from a book and, and, and you the impact that that book has on you lasts long after you forget what you even read. You know, it, it, it changes. And, and that's true. You know, I've read books that maybe I shouldn't have read and those have had the wrong impact on me. And so imagine taking God's perfect word and, and consuming that. And, and, you know, the old saying, you are what you eat. And that's, that's a whole lot truer than we realize, you know. Yeah. But think about the idea of digesting something and letting it become part of you and letting it empower you and give you the energy that you need. Let God's word form your character. Hebrews 4, verse 12, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If God's word is inside of me and, and I have made it part of me, that last phrase, able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. When I have a thought, I need to bounce that off of God's word mm-hmm. and, and see if it's a good thought, see if it's true, see if it's, it's helpful and, and loving. And, and again, just like we talked about reading those other books, compare them to the standard. Yeah, the true. more that I study, the more that I read and, and learn to love God's word, the more it begins to change me. And, and I can become what I need to become by internalizing that word and, and letting it form my character. Absolutely. Those are great thoughts. And I, and I love, really, I think what you did there is answer that first question. How can a young man cleanse his way? <laughs> that's it, by internalizing it. Uh, that's, that's beautiful, man, especially the, the explanation of hidden I haven't heard that before. That's really good. And like you said, to be thinking about it and tying that in with Hebrews 4.12, that word meditate, it carries that idea of, of digesting it, chewing on it, thinking about it. And it's just always with you before you act. So that's great. Uh, I have six thoughts from this passage, six points, if you will. I may preach this at some point. How can a young man cleanse his way? How can we make sure that we are uh, approaching the word of God properly? Number one, take, by taking heed to the word. Number two, by seeking it with a whole heart. Number three, by hiding the word in the heart. Number four, by meditating in and on the word. Number five, by delighting in the Lord's statutes. And number six, by remembering the word. I like the way that that ends. I will not forget your word. And so, as you mentioned, it's always with you. Before you respond, before you act in a certain situation, what's the Bible say? And if you have it in your heart, then you'll be able to recall it. But if you don't study, it won't be there. And that all boils down to our topic today, weather the storm by studying. If you'll put forth the effort, you'll put forth, you know, and study the Word of God, and you can hide it, treasure it in your heart, then when difficult times come, you'll go back to that, and it can help you. I wrote those six words down, by the way. I'm stealing that sermon. <laughs> Take it, man. I, yeah, those words came out, and I underlined them. I thought, well, that those are six points to, to, to kind of break that down. But, you know, that's – 
that's what it takes. And studying, we mentioned it early on, studying's hard work. But, man, the benefits you know, far outweigh the effort that we put in. And we can really – it can change our lives, like you said. It can really help us uh, weather the storm. Do you have any other thoughts on that before we move to the last, last section? Yeah, but I'll keep them to myself. <laughs> talk all day we'll talk that. about it later. <laughs> it's a great passage. Man, it is. And that whole chapter, I think uh, – I think I, I want to start reading it. Maybe just pick one day a week and just – Read Psalm 119 one day a week. I think I need to start doing that. Uh, Well, like you said, there's a lot more, but we will move on to 97 through 105 that we read earlier. Uh, What what jumps out to you from that section? Well, the end of that passage, you know, the thing that I wrote down is learn to love good and hate evil. And I I noticed that uh, Jordan mentioned that idea last week on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. I won't, I won't go back into that a whole lot, but, you know, God tells us to be holy like he is holy. Sure. First Peter 1, 16, you know, what does it mean to be holy? Well, it means to be, to be separate, to be distinct, to be different. Well, different than what? Well, different than the world. That's right. And, and in order for us to be like God, we have to be different from the world. And you think about what it is that God loves. Well, he loves truth. And he, he loves souls. Yeah. You know, he, he loves righteousness. Well, he hates, he hates lying. He hates sin. And so we need to learn to love truth and, and hate lying. How much of the Bible is dedicated to making sure that we understand how bad sin is? Yeah. You know, all the way back to the very beginning, the, the entire Old Testament, really, their entire way of worship was to just remind them of how awful sin was. Yeah. Think about the Jews' worship, what it consisted of. They took a, an innocent animal and they cut his throat and they let his butt, blood spill out on the altar. And they, and they butchered him up and they burned that, that raw flesh there and it had to stink and, and all that blood. And, and, you know, it's sort of traumatizing. Uh, we're, we're so soft now. If you were to see a, a calf, you know, having his throat cut, that would be disturbing, right? Yeah, right. And, and that was their worship. Why? Well, because God wanted them to understand this is what happens when people sin. Wow. This is what should be happening to us. Yeah. But because of God's mercy, he's letting a, 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 an animal, a scapegoat, take that, that punishment on themselves. Mm. Well, our worship today is certainly not like that, and, and that's a blessing. And, yeah. and the reason it isn't is because Jesus took that punishment once and for all for that's sin. Right. If we're not careful, though, we'll forget we'll forget the price that was paid and we'll forget how much of a mercy it is that, that we don't have to live like that anymore. And that we don't feel those consequences of sin. And, and for thousands of years, God wanted to impress upon mankind. Here's what sin causes. Here's the price that must be paid for it. And that makes what Jesus did so much more powerful. So if we're not careful, we can forget how awful sin is. But study reminds us of that. That's right. You look, at, you look at those different sacrifices. You look at all the times the Jews were taken into captivity and, and, and their people were, were enslaved. And it was always because of sin. And then you, you come forward to the day and because of Jesus and because of God's grace, we don't feel those consequences of sin as keenly. But if we forget that, then, then we'll feel those consequences in eternity. Mm-hmm. And so that's why study is so important. We can't forget where we've come from as, mm-hmm. as mankind. We can't forget what God has done for us. We, we can't forget that we need to hate sin. And so our culture today is slowly one item at a time trying to take away our repulsiveness when it comes to sin. They, so, well, it's not that bad. These people are, you know, they're just like everybody else. You need to have tolerance. And, you know, we can't tolerate sin. No. God is not going to tolerate it. And so we better not either. And so in this passage, learn to love good and learn to hate evil. Remember to hate evil might be a better way of putting it. Yeah. And, and every time, like you said, every time you approach the word of God, you're reminded of that. Whether in the Old Testament, you're in the New Every time you read of the sacrifice of Jesus and the way the writers wrote about that, it was always emphasizing what that meant, uh, the all-sufficiency of his sacrifice that you mentioned. So 
Great thoughts. Uh, Brother Kate shared that with us, I believe, one time at school. Love what God loves, hate what God hates. Uh, and the psalmist would bring that out, even in this chapter. <laughs> uh, I love your word, therefore I hate every false way. Uh, <clears throat> kind of like what I did with 9 through 16. I've got four points here. And we can learn here that the psalmist had a love for God's word. Why? Well, number one, because it made him wise. And we talked about the, the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Is wisdom is you know, the application of that knowledge. Number two, he loved God's word. Not only called it made, made him wise, but it made him to be disciplined. He says, I have restrained my feet from every evil way. And so the word of God can, can provide that discipline that we need. Number three, the psalmist had a love for God's word because it helped him understand. He said, I understand more than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. The world tries to fill our minds with all this nonsense, really. But we can go to the Word of God and have that calm understanding uh, that we have from, from the Word. And finally, the psalmist had a love for God's Word because it gave him direction. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so by loving the Word of God, this is what can happen if we have the proper uh if we approach the word properly and we study it properly, we can have wisdom, we can have discipline, understanding, and we can have direction. Uh, and the psalmist, it just, you can just hear it in his voice, if you will, that he loved the word. And I have an idea that he spent a lot of time in it. Uh, goes back to Psalm one, doesn't it? <laughs> in, in your law, do I meditate day and night? He, he delighted in it. So maybe we can share that with our listeners that, if you're going through a storm of life right now, you're going through a difficult time, immerse yourself in a study of God's Word. And if you will, kind of get lost in the text. Lose yourself in the text, if you will. And by losing yourself in the text, you'll gain a lot. You will gain a lot. Uh, and you can be better for it. And, and the more, I'll add this, the, the more you study, the more that you learn and the more familiar God's Word is to you, the more enjoyable your study becomes. Absolutely. So, and, and it takes to, it's a, there's a learning curve there. And you and I were fortunate enough to, to be forced up that curve at Memphis quickly. Amen. But the more that, the more you learn, is it not true for you that the more you appreciate and the more you look forward to and, and, and enjoy that study? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait to share it with others. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's, that's the beautiful thing about the word. It never gets old. Um, it's always fresh. And regardless of what's going on in 2020, whatever goes on in 2021, if the Lord allows the world to stand, we can go back to the word and we can weather the storm through study. Sure. So Philip, as we bring our podcast to a close today, I've really enjoyed our discussion. Uh, like you said earlier, I know there's a lot more we could say, but for our listeners, as we wind this down, what are some practical tips uh, that we can give our listeners as to how studying may help them personally weather the storm? The practical tips are, are when I think of that, I think, okay, these are things that I can do. And, and the number one practical tip is just show up, yeah. you know, do, do the work that's, that's necessary. And you'll be surprised how much you grow if you'll just commit to maybe 30 minutes a day. Just, just that, you know, the, the old idea about, you know, going to the gym, the hardest, the hardest rep you do is when you get up off the couch to go there, right? And, and <laughs> yeah, so right. Times you don't feel like doing it, but once you get in there, you're glad you're there. And, and so it's kind of like doing physical exercise. You're never going to regret the time that you spend in God's word. Good point. There's, there's nothing better that you can do with your time. You know, they say, well, I'm busy. I don't really have time to do it you don't have time to not do it. You know, this, this, this is going to be the best time you spend every day. And this will make all of your other time so much more rewarding, That's right. you know, internalize this and, and make it, uh, and, you know, learn, learn the word enough to where you can go to the places that you need when you need them. And so when you're feeling unappreciated and you're feeling tired, go read Jeremiah. You know, yeah. look look at Isaiah. Go read the the end of each gospel account and look at what what Jesus dealt with and, and how heavy his heart was in the garden and and yeah. you know think back to or go go read Philippians you know and look at what Paul was writing from prison and so yeah. when you learn these things that's like if you've never studied the Bible 
not much and you're just trying to get started, I would recommend the very first thing is, is look at each book and, and figure out, you know, when it was written, if you can, sometimes you can't, you know, who it was written to, uh, the purpose behind what's the theme of that book. And, and don't just try to read everything as a narrative account because everything's not narrative. You know, you can read Genesis and Exodus like that. It's a timeline story. But then when you get Leviticus, you need to understand, okay, these are rules about worship. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and each one of these books is a little bit different. And so learn what each book is about and, and make you a little outline of a few key points about it so that, you know, when, so when you go through uh, a particular thing in your life, you know, if you are starting to feel like, okay, I, I don't feel good enough. Can I really go to heaven? Mm-hmm. Go check out the book of Romans. You know, especially chapter eight, but that whole book can can give you uh, confidence in God's grace. And so, so that would be that would be my recommendation: is just show up. Number one, number two, get yourself a broad knowledge of of every book. Uh, acquire a, a kind of a an overview so that yeah. you have sort of a roadmap. You know, the Bible is a pretty big book, but it's not nearly as book as or not nearly as big as as we make it out to be sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you can read your entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation in about 70 hours. Wow. When you say that, you know, that's, that's not, uh, it's not as long as the Lord of the Rings, you know? <laughs> and, and so it's, yeah. the Bible is, is, it's, and like you said, it's real people and real problems. If yeah. we'll put the work in then it can become so much more relatable to us. Absolutely. And that's, and that's really, you know, our goal today is for our listeners is to realize, you know, the Bible is not just a book. It's the book. It's, and you can relate to it, and it can change you. So that's definitely a great tip. I love that analogy with working out. That is a great analogy. It's so true. Uh, once you get in there and you start lifting or whatever, you're like, man, I'm glad I came. Man, you'll be better for it. Hey, Same I'm, is true I'm with glad, the Bible. I'm glad this video is not going to be shown because they look at me and go, like, that dude ain't been in the gym in a while. <laughs> Oh man, listen at you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, my one takeaway as we close today is that if you will put forth great energy and great effort into studying, then you will have less energy and less effort to worry about what's going on in the world. Mm, well, that's a great point. If you will dive in and just put so much into it, you know, you're going to be struggling. It's not that your struggles are going to go away. It's not that the storm's going to go away, but man, you've put so much into it. You don't have time to worry about it. And you're, you're going to be meditating and focused on the word of God. So perspective changes. That's, that's right. And my coach in college, he said, perspective is reality. Yeah. And I didn't really appreciate that until the past couple months, how we view things changes. And when you view the world and first you have the eye through scripture, that changes everything. And so, I hope that our listeners have been encouraged today. I know I've been encouraged just by our study today. It's been great to, to open up the Word of God and look at these things. But, uh, Philip, appreciate you being on today, man, and uh, hopefully get you back on here because it was uh, really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll help our listeners to understand how studying can help them to weather the storm. Now, that's the goal is we want to be helpful. That's right. That's what it's all about. Help our listeners and bring glory to God. Uh, And to our listeners, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, And so we hope that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.